Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 36 of the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller, who is fired up for what could be the biggest game in Texas football history since they lost to South to Southern Cal in 2009 season, 2010 calendar year. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong about that? Is this the biggest game? Since the Alabama game, you mean? Since Alabama. Who did I say? You beat Southern Cal for a national championship. We did. And then you lost to Alabama in a in a program shattering loss and derailed the greatness of Matt Brown and plunged the University of Texas into a vast wasteland of mediocrity. And yet somehow you're back rising from the ashes to play Texas Christian University at Daryl K. Royal Stadium this Saturday. 6.30, game day will be there, ESPN primetime, I don't know, is it, the biggest, is it the biggest game since then? Possibly, possibly, well first of all, I'm not saying we're back yet, that was you, not me, those aren't my words, but it is exciting to be playing this late in a game that actually matters, it's been a while since that's happened, so I'm excited about that, it's, it's a great opportunity to beat a really good team, to knock them out of the playoff, and put ourselves in contention to play for a Big 12 title. So, I yeah, man, think, I'm, I'm excited about it. I do think you knock TCU out of the playoff if they lose. I absolutely do. Um, I think it, it – uh, I, I, I think TCU, unfortunately, is one of those named schools that doesn't have the name. They, they're short of that cachet, and they can't afford a one loss to a, to a three-loss Texas team. You know, they just can't afford it on their resume. Yeah. It, um, but I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to get to the game. That's that's the game of the week uh, in the country. I mean, obviously, game day is going to be there. Probably the most implications uh, of any game out there. Other games on the slate, Kevin. Colorado is taking on USC tonight as we tape. Um, Trojans are a 34.5 point favorite. I would love for them to fall on their face, but I don't think they will. Isn't it a shame that Colorado's not any good anymore? You know, it really is, man. I think, you know, when we were kids, Eric Bieniemy and those guys. And Rashawn, Stewart. Was it Rashawn Salam? Is that who Rashawn I remember? Rashawn Salam, absolutely. And then even into the early 2000s with Daniel Graham and Andre Girard and Chris Brown as running backs when they shocked Texas to win the Big 12 championship in 2001. You know, everybody talks about Nebraska leaving the Big 12 and that being their um, downfall, that being their, um, you know, the impetus for them not being as good as they are. No one ever mentions that with Colorado. Uh, And maybe they do, and we just don't hear it because we're nearer the Nebraska program or whatever. But it's got to be a little bit of that, right? I mean, because since they've left, they have been terrible. They really have been, man. I don't know. And they recruited Texas decently when they were in the Big 12. Now they have no connection to the state, same as Nebraska. 
And it sounds like they're not getting those good players out of California like they used to do back in the 90s. Yeah, so no, they're, they're in a weird good. spot, man. And it's, and it's unfortunate because I always like when Colorado's good. No, absolutely. Um, LSU, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Arkansas. I don't know, man. Based on what we've seen the last three or four weeks from LSU, I don't know how they keep the. I don't know how this game stays in single digits. I think they roll against Arkansas. Yeah, and Arkansas has struggled, right? Losing to Liberty at home last thing. I mean, look, Hugh Freeze is a good coach, but the talent disparity should be such that uh, Liberty should not go into Fayetteville and beat Arkansas. That just should not happen. Arkansas had so much hype coming into the year. Everybody was fired up for Arkansas, and yet they are what they always are, which is a you know a mediocre team. This is a rivalry game. This is a big deal for both of these teams. But I just don't think Arkansas has the horses to stay with LSU, especially with the confidence that their quarterback's playing with. Yeah, man. Um, I think he's a difference. He's a difference. So, yeah, LSU, man, for all the crap we talked about, Brian Kelly, and deservedly so, right? He didn't seem like he was a good fit there. But, I mean, to have this team potentially, he could potentially win the SEC West with a victory over Alabama in year one. I mean, nobody would have expected that. So no. I mean, he shows what kind of coach he is, despite yeah. his personality. Yeah, I and mean, he's a huge dick, but a good coach. Um, <laughs> Missouri at Tennessee. Tennessee's a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. No, This is an interesting game to me. Notre Dame coming off the big win at Clemson goes to Navy. Notre Dame's a 15-point favorite. But I tell you what, man, historically, I can remember, no, Navy, once they got the bugaboo of always losing to Notre Dame off their back about 10 years ago, those games have been incredibly competitive. I could see Navy giving them a battle. But you know how it is. You guys have uh, played the service academies. Right? Oh, they are. they, it's, they run the option, the triple option. It's an offense you never see. So you have to be super disciplined. They get four yards of carry, and they just keep the possession. Right? Yeah. I mean, they'll have drives that last eight, nine minutes. Well, I mean, I think we can say this about Notre Dame, and it's not even a disparaging comment at this point is if if Navy can figure out a way to get a lead, I don't know that Notre Dame has the firepower to come back. No, their offense is, is struggling. I mean, I think they're under 50% completion percentage in most of their games. Yeah. On the football. Well, we talked about it. Insane. The big win against uh, Clemson was a pick six and a, and a block punt for a, for a touchdown. I mean, that's yeah. Th- that was fourteen of the thirty five. Yeah, that was fourteen of the thirty five points. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna listen. I'm not calling the upset. I'm just saying interesting game to keep an eye on. Um, another really great game, the two thirty game on CBS. Alabama is playing Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Alabama is a eleven and a half point favorite. Um. I mean, are we rooting? Are we rooting for Lane Kiffin? Is that who? Man, is I'm, that? I'm rooting for chaos here. I'm rooting for chaos. I, I want to see a great game. There's nothing that Lane Kiffin would want more than to upset Nick Saban and to do it at Ole Miss. I mean, let me ask you this. There. Look, Ole Miss, they've had their issues with Ole Miss over the last decade. If right? Ole Miss, if Ole Miss wins, if Ole Miss wins, will this be the third? Field rushing on Alabama this year by the crowd. Oh, for sure. You think so? For you sure. think Ole Miss rushes the yeah. rushes you think the field? Ole Miss is not going to rush the field after beating Alabama. It's a there two loss. No way they don't. It's a two it's loss a, Alabama it's, team. It's Alabama, man. And they're Mississippi. What are, we, what are we talking yeah. about? <laughs> Come on now. This is the stuff of dreams. 
I, listen, that's going to be a great game. I'm excited for it. I hope. If I Alabama hope. loses this game, is Nick Saban done? Is he going to retire after this year? You Oh, you're saying you don't think he – you're not asking, like, is he done – is he done it forever? Like, I'm not saying they're gonna fire him. Yeah, but like, are, is he gonna leave Alabama? Dude, dude's getting older. Dude's getting older. Exactly. You know, I don't and know then, if he really wants to be in this nil world either. And, and he does he want it as much? And does he want to be in a bigger SEC? You know, his his yeah. his playground. Not that he's scared of Oklahoma or Texas. That's not what I'm saying. But it is a bigger, more dynamic SEC here in a couple of years. And from all accounts, it looks like the scheduling is going to be opened up to where these good teams are going to have. Alabama has been the beneficiary of an incredibly um, – what's the right – I'm trying to think of the right word. An incredibly uh, – You're talking about the SEC? Their schedule has just worked out for them very well every year. Right yeah. where they uh-huh. where they avoid playing Georgia when Georgia's good, and they avoid playing Florida when Florida's good, and they avoid playing. You know, they always going to have to play Tennessee, but they just get out of some of those big games. And then it seems like <clears throat> I I don't know. I just think I, I that's a really interesting point. I don't think he wants to leave with three losses though. Yeah, but I think he's going to be somebody who knows like you know what this is not happening the way it should be, and I'm going to leave. And it's Alabama. Look, they look. If he has another season like this, they will fire him. Trust me. You become no. a of your own success, man. Listen, no. They listen, can, man. They, they won't. Ran, they ran Gene Stallings out of town. And he won a national championship. Yeah, but, had, uh, but he's – two more but, seasons. No, listen. You, okay, first of all, I this is – something's happening. I don't know if it's because the weather's changing or what. You are coming hard today, Kevin, and I love it. But I think you are out of your – Damn mind. There is no way that Alabama ever, under any circumstances, fires Nixon. The man has won nine national championships Listen or something me, crazy man. like that. I don't know how, how many is six. Me. Those people are different. If let them go ten and let them have three losses this season and have three losses next year. I, I that cannot be the norm. He is a victim of his own success, man. It doesn't matter. They're not firing Nick Saban. They're not going to fire Nick Saban. He might leave. Roll different, man. Wow. Different down there, I'm telling you. That sounds incredibly bombastic. That sounds John Whitson-esque. I love it. I love the take, except I hate it because it's not true. Um, Clemson looks to bounce back to against Louisville. Dude, this Louisville is not a bad team. They're a six and three no, they team. Got Clemson, some, they got some playmakers out there. If Clemson can't figure out how to play offense, they, this is another loss for them. So that's a seven point. We don't know what game we're going to pick. I think we're both leaning towards the Alabama Ole Miss game. But I'll tell you what, man, this might be an easy pick because I just, I'm not quite sure Clemson is going to recover from that loss against Notre Dame. And I'm not sure they can score as many points as Louisville. Real quick, do you know where this game is at? Uh, I, Clemson. I Clemson. It's at Clemson. It's at Clemson. That gives them the advantage to me. But I mean, look, Louisville has some playmakers. I like their quarterback. Uh, Nebraska and Michigan. Um, I just put this there because Michigan's ranked so high. Michigan's ranked so high, but they're a 30 and a half point favorite against Nebraska. Iowa State, after their dramatic win against West Virginia, the Oklahoma Sooners opponent this week, Iowa State is a one point favorite at Oklahoma State. Is that, that's a crazy line based on the, the trajectory that, of these right? two teams even two weeks ago? Who would have thought? 
Yeah, man, this season has completely fallen apart. I mean, listen, I said it on the recap episode when Texas lost Oklahoma State. That was a team that was desperately ready to be beaten. They were just ready to be beaten. Somehow, Texas screwed it up, and we saw they had done nothing since. I heard a take. I heard a take from Sam Mays, who played at Oklahoma State under Les Miles. Really great player, and um, he's he now, a good job too. Yeah, job he's Sam Mays. Yeah, dude, Sam Mays was he. Sam Mays has been to Brown O'Haver in the last uh, couple months. Did a great job for us. But um, I heard a good take from him, and he's like. Some he he was talking about. I don't know who he was referencing, but somebody said I thought Oklahoma State had more depth than this. And he said, "Look, there's like ten schools in the country that have depth. Every other every other school does not. They do not have a real too deep. They're too deep. If they lose an offensive lineman, if they lose a defensive lineman, it is a direct effect on how they're going to play. And Oklahoma State's lost." Nine guys. I mean, it's just crazy. Nobody has that depth. Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia might be the only two, three teams that could survive the rash of injuries that Oklahoma State survived this year. You know, it sucks. It sucks for those guys, but couldn't happen to a nicer school. You know, also, um, one thing Sam Mays has brought up before, too, is, um, you know, the only criticism he seems to have of Gundy is their lack of recruiting success. He talks about how nice the facilities are. He says they're top 10 in facilities around the country. Um, it's a cool town. And he feels like they can get better players, and I happen to agree. Um, they've had a ton of success on the field, a ton of success. Their success is not equal their recruiting at all. No. Like they they didn't even recruit to a TCU. I don't know TCU is in the Metroplex. It's right there. Yeah. But their, their recruiting should be closer to TCU than it is to SMU. But it, but to 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 both of those points, the the very very poor recruiting is exposed in a year when you have injuries like this, because yes. they just they can't respond. But yeah, no man, when they're averaging like thirty eighth in a recruiting class, how do you expect to compete? You, you, you Oklahoma State, like they did last year, can catch lightning in a bottle for a year, but they really can't sustain it over any kind of period of time. And then if a quarterback gets hurt, forget about it. Nine nine wins over the last decade or so. Yeah, but they're never really. Yeah, but they're they're never. They're not necessarily a contender for the national title. Well, they're not even a contender. They're not even rarely a contender for the Big 12 title. I mean, this was their first. You know, he has trouble against. This is their first. At the end of the season. Well, I mean, their last, their their only Big 12 championship game was last year. And I, well, I take that. But did they go to a Big 12 championship game? I don't, when, I don't think so. When they played Stanford, or or were, we, or were we out of that by then? Were we out of playing Big 12 championship games? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was no conference title then. Yeah, all right. That's as much as I can handle talk about Oklahoma State. Uh, Georgia, 16-point favor over Mississippi State. K-State's at Baylor. Baylor's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Big game. It's a big game. That's a big game. And I got to tell you, after what y'all did to K-State – I, I'd lean Baylor. I think Baylor's playing with some momentum. They're starting to play better. They've coming off a good win for them. K-State coming off a rough loss. Didn't look great against Texas. Baylor has a better defense than Texas has. And it's at Baylor. So I think all, all signs point into Baylor. 
Um, A&M, our favorite Jimbo Fisher, gets to go to Auburn as, as only a one-and-a-half-point underdog. I hope A&M loses by 30. But they'll probably make it a close game, and the A&M fan will probably try to explain why they're actually not as bad as you think they are. Cadillac Williams, their interim head coach. Uh, At, really? Yeah. So shout-out to him, man. Now, was Great he the running – was he their running back? Was that the team that went undefeated when OU got blasted by USC? Correct. They had him, and they also had Ronnie Brown. They both That's were right. the top five of the draft. Um, can you even imagine? This tells you how, how good the Big 12 was. And, he, and even really, I guess, USC in 2004. You have an undefeated SEC team does not get a chance to play for the national championship in 2004. And you, you wonder if that would have, if that would have been a team named Florida or Georgia and not Auburn, but still, it just sounds unbelievable to think that they didn't get yeah, to play. The Big for was a better conference at that time. You know, uh, ICC fans seem to forget that, but yeah, the SEC, the uh, Big 12 was a better, better conference. They had, I'm pretty sure they had five first round picks on that team. Uh, Ronnie Brown, I mean, they had two running backs going to the top five. No, they were the good. Draft. No, they were really good. Jason They're Campbell, really good. Carlos Rogers, a corner, went in the first round. I mean, Tommy, Tub- Tommy Tuberville? Was that Tommy Tuberville? It was. Probably his best team. And lastly on the list, unless you want to bring up some more games, is Washington is at Oregon. There are Oregon's 13 point favorite. There are, there are still three teams very much alive in the Pac 12 that if they went out, have every bit of a legitimate shot at the playoff. And that's Oregon, UCLA, and USC. Um, at this point, is Oregon the favorite coming out of the Pac-12? You would, ha- you would have to think so, right? You'd have to think so. I think that here's, here's the difference between them and USC, right? I'll defense. take Caleb Williams, obviously, over Bo Nix. But, man, Dan Lanning and that defense – I'll take them over what USC has to offer, which is not much. And Whoa. USC is getting worse. They're regressing. Their middle linebacker, Eric Gentry, got hurt a few weeks ago. Ever since then, man, they're giving up like 40 points a game. Well, and here's the deal. Speaking of Bo Nix, he's not playing bad, dude. He's actually playing he's really great. He's playing really, really good. And so it's they're, they're, I, I do believe Caleb Williams is the better quarterback, but it's not as clear cut as easy it, even what it have been at the beginning of the year. Like I think I agree. I, I completely think, agree. I, I, Bo Nix doesn't lose Oregon games. In fact, I think he contributes to them winning games. Uh, which one do you like? Which one do you want to pick? Man, I can't go away from that Ole Miss game, man. <laughs> All right, uh, Alabama, Ole Miss. At Ole Miss, Alabama is an eleven and a half point favorite. You are currently at fifteen and seventeen. This is a talk about pivotal weeks for the University of Texas and Kevin Miller. You have the chance, the chance to get above five hundred for the first time in like six weeks. Okay, you're at fifteen and seventeen on the year. So this is an important pick. Alabama minus eleven over Ole Miss. Who you have? Ole Miss. I got Ole Miss covering. So do I. I have them covering. I have them covering largely because I want to cheer for them. You know, I don't want there to be any question on who I'm pulling for. I I just hope Lane Kiffin. I I can't wait. I want to win, and then I want a post game, you know, comment right afterwards. That's what I oh, want. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I want that on field interview. I can't wait. 
We will pick the uh, OU, by the way, favored by seven and a half at West Virginia. And the University of Texas is favored by seven at TCU. We'll pick those at the end of each of the previews. How's that sound, Kevin? Sounds great. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, Brown O'Haver. Brown O'Haver is a public insurance adjusting firm. They work for the insured, not the insurance company. So if you've had a loss at your home or your business due to fire, theft, wind, tornado, you give Brown O'Haver a call at 407-35-5510, and they take care of the claim for you. They get you more money, and they get you more money more quickly. Um, Kevin, we talked about the tornado that went through Idabel and Broken Bow, Oklahoma, uh, this past weekend. Jeffrey Whitson from Brown O'Haver has taken up residence in Idabel, and he is there to help folks out. He'll be getting around to locations. We've already got a couple new clients there. Um, it got lit up, dude. It just got lit up. So if you know somebody, yeah, if you know somebody in that area or in the, even in the North Texas area and you need some advice, need to know what next steps are, um, we are on site in Idabel. So give us a call 405-735-5510. We'll get the message to Jeffrey. He can meet with you, talk with you. Um, but anyway, statewide temperatures are going to start getting cooler. Fires will go up. Um, just be thinking about us in the event you have a loss. Hopefully you don't need us, but if you do, we're here to help. Kevin. Oklahoma is facing West Virginia. It is not confirmed that we will be in alternate jerseys, but every oh, you day- are. I, I I saw the OU Twitter page. Oh. It's on there. It's Listen. on there. It's the Rough Riders. It's the white one with red pants. Okay, here's the deal. We're undefeated against West Virginia and the Rough Riders. Okay, so this is not a win loss situation. It's just. I don't like those alternate uniforms and we've talked about this and I don't want to turn this into another alternate uniform rant, but they make us look slow. They make our guys look fat. They're so bad. They made Kyler Murray look fat when he wore those at West Virginia, however long ago that was. I hate them. Nothing against fat people. I'm not mad at fat people. Okay. This is not a fat people rant either. This is just, I don't prefer to look at fat people in those fat uniforms. I want to look as I want sleek white. You know what I'm talking. Texas knows what I'm talking about. Y'all got road whites. You want, you want the sleek, yeah, the icy whites. <laughs> Y'all got the icy whites. We got the road whites with the crimson helmet, and we look badass in them. I love it. I do not know what they're doing with it. Stop making the Rough Rider uniform. I can't even imagine. Listen, they say all the time, "Oh, it's about recruiting," and the young guys, young guys, don't like that crap. That is ugly. There's no way, no way that they're getting those. Look, when they got anthracite. They got fired up. They saw that uniform and they're like, man, dog, this is sweet. They were so fired up. They see the Rough Riders and they're just like, dude, come seriously? <laughs> this makes me look fat. Am have I wrong? Have we, talk, have we talked to the players on this? This is a direct quote from a player. Oh, look at me. I'm a quote. Stop, okay, I'm you not gonna, I'm It's not okay. Me. You're fired up, man. Like, I, like, I dude, appreciate the passion. Listen, I try not to get fired. Well, actually, I don't know. Last time I thought I got fired up and I almost had a heart attack. Listen, the problem is, okay, look. You're a cool dude. Look at Kevin. If anybody's watching on YouTube, please look at Kevin. I mean, he's like the coolest guy you've ever seen. Dude, do you really honestly like those uniforms? No. Okay. Case closed. All right, listen. We're playing West Virginia. ESPN has this as a 58.5% matchup predictor victor against West Virginia. They are eight in the Big 12 in total offense. Their rushing is a little bit better than Iowa State. Uh, I, 
Yeah, but their pass and their passing is a little bit better than Kansas State. But they're still eight, and it's just not great. The defense, they are sixth best in the conference, just ahead of OU. OU has a slightly better pass defense. West Virginia has a slightly better rush defense. My initial thoughts on this matchup, Kevin, is Oklahoma has beaten every team that they are that they are superior to. Okay, so any inferior team Oklahoma has defeated this year, any team that is better than or equal to Oklahoma has lost. All right, and I think of teams like Baylor. I think they are very similar to Baylor, right? Record-wise, yeah. skill-wise, talent-wise right now, all of that, they got beat. I think they're very similar to K-State. I think that you play that K-State game 10 times and five go to Oklahoma and five go to K-State. These two teams as they, as they existed. But it doesn't matter. We lost, right? West Virginia is an inferior team. Okay, they're not great. However, they're not inferior by the same level of like a Nebraska was, or I even think an Iowa State. I think they have just a little bit more offense than Iowa State did. They've beaten Baylor this year. Um, They're not terrible. They're not just a god-awful team. So Oklahoma can't just roll the ball out, I guess is my point. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. They are going to have to show up. They cannot make the offensive mistakes they made last week. They cannot throw for three interceptions and expect to beat West Virginia on the road. They cannot give up 14, 15 play drives where we know they're going to run the ball. And they cannot give up 192 yards to a running back who hasn't. I think their leading rusher only has like 600 on the year. They can't give up. A, they can't have a 150-yard running back go against them right um JT Daniels is a nice quarterback you seem to think he's like a number one draft pick which just blows my mind number one draft pick no I, I, think, I think that's what you said to me offline offline you said NFL quarterback seriously he's I think we playing in the NFL dude come on he dude, maybe on the talent look West Virginia is not very good I think he'll be in the NFL like, I, look I am he not fits saying the profile, man. Most of these five star guys, these five star pro style pro style quarterbacks always end up in the NFL somehow. You might I'm not have a long career, guys like Kyle Allen, guys like that, you know, they just end up there. They, they, Davis Mills, the five star guy, he wasn't any good at Stanford. And here he is starting for the Houston Texans. And again, he's not a great NFL quarterback, but he is an NFL quarterback nonetheless. Davis, and that's how I feel about James. Was Davis Davis. Mills the guy that was at, started out at Texas Tech? Same guy. No, that's Davis Webb. Okay, yeah, Davis Webb. Okay, yeah, you're right. I didn't think I didn't think that sounded right when I said it out loud. Yeah, he was um, a five star out of Atlanta. Went to Stanford. Was in and out of the starting lineup throughout his career. So J- JT Daniels, to recap, has been with originally signed with USC. Correct. He reclassified sure. early, so went started his career early, kind of like Quinn Ewers. Started early at USC. Played as a freshman, too, as a true freshman. He got injured. Then he transferred, lost a job, transferred to Georgia. 
Never could lock okay. down the job there. Now, here's the deal. You have ragged on Stetson Bennett as being a mediocre college quarterback. So if Stetson yes. Bennett, if JT Daniels can't beat out Stetson Bennett, what does that say about JT Daniels? Well, I mean, it, that's more of a Kirby smart thing, right? I think Kirby wants a guy who's not going to lose you the game. That's the thing about JT Daniels. You see his stats, right? 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions. I mean, the guy chose Jake Fromm over Justin Fields, man. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean. That's a, no, no, that's a good point. What are we talking about? That's a good Jake point. Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. So. Uh, yeah, he's fun to watch right now with the Bears. He yeah, really is. It, it, starting to, it looks like it's starting to happen with him, and I'm the excited. Ga- the game is slowing down for Justin Fields. Um, no, JT Daniels, 61% completion percentage, 13 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Um, he, he's got a receiver, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, who I feel like has been there forever. Yeah, and he's one of those guys, man, like he just looks like – he just looks apart. Oh, he's absolutely. From the dominant, which is 6'3", 320. <laughs> Well, it's that's like what I, out there. That's what I was going to say. He is that receiver that has consistently given Oklahoma problems for years because of our lack of size on the uh, defensive secondary. And so you you anticipate maybe a Woody Washington guarding him or something like that. But we'll just we're going to have to wait and see. But he's that big athletic receiver that's hey, been there forever and and just always given Oklahoma trouble. But he's only got six touchdowns on the year. He's not killing it. We you know we should be able to neutralize him. Now here's I got confused on this. I wanted to ask you this. Their leading rusher is CJ Donaldson. Um, he's averaging six yards a carry. He's got eight touchdowns on a year, but he's his position on ESPN is a tight end. Did he move from tight end to running back? He did, yeah. He was recruited there to play like tight end H back. They saw him run with the with the ball. Next thing you know, he's a starting running back. Okay. But he is, mm-hmm. but he is in the backfield now. He's not. He's not lining yeah, up. Yeah, no, he's not. Okay, lining up at tight end. No, he's lining up in the backfield. Okay, so he is by all accounts. He's a running back. Well, hey, he's had listen. a good season. He missed some games. He got hurt. He took a weird hit in the game in Austin against Texas and had to be stretchered off. It was really scary to to, to see that man. Um, but he's back and, and apparently he's all good. So. Well, here's the questions for Oklahoma. There's there's really two questions. Number one, at five and four, will they have the motivation to compete? If OU has the motivation to compete, that's going to be a check mark in the positive column. But they have to find that. And that's something that's got to come from the players and the coaching staff. The second thing is, are they going to be are coupled, and this is kind of they're like kind of connected, coupled with that motivation, are they going to be able to overcome the environment? And what I mean by that is not like some overwhelming whole or you know home field advantage that West Virginia has. Quite the opposite. It's 11 a.m. on the road against a crappy opponent. Are we going to be able to have the motivation at five and four to go out and and try to finish this season strong? And are we going to be able to overcome that environment? Those two things. We demonstrated it against Iowa State, but we still had some stuff to play for against Iowa State. Yeah. At this point, it is going to be tricky. And again, I go back to I'm just not 100% sure that OU can just go out, roll the ball out, and just make it happen. I, I'm, I'm just nervous about it. Um, I get that. But, you know, if you look at it, there are some things that you could take away from that Baylor game that were positive, right? The deep shots to Marvin Mims were back, right? Yeah. Yes. You hit the big play, and 
this is something we'll get to with Texas because they, they've been kind of missing that in their offense the last few weeks. And, and it was very similar with OU between Dylan Gabriel and Mims. It, that's back. So that, that'll help, right? Yeah, yeah. The running game has been pretty consistent throughout the season. Yep. Right? Yep. Really what it's going to come down to, in my opinion, is, is can you stop the run? That's just really been the biggest issue for OU all season. Can you stop the run? Well, I yes, because I you hit on exactly what I said is was we need to have Marvin Mims continue to show that um, that deep ball threat, and then a big game from Farouk. If we could ever get a double game punch of Mims and Farouk in the same game, it would be dynamic. Can Gray, to your point, continue to produce at just a really impressive clip? But also, what the one the one you didn't hit on is can Gabriel bounce back after a three interception performance? He's yeah. got to be able to bounce back. Yeah. Well, um, he'll, he'll be, he won't be playing against a defense that's as you know sophisticated as what Baylor's running, right? Just not as good. Yeah, they're just not as good. Yeah, they're just they're not as good. The same level of players and the same level of coaching on defense, right? Aranda's one of the best in the country. But even with stopping the ball, dude, we still got to get pressure. We still got to get pressure on the quarterback. Going moving to the defensive side because JT Daniels will cough the ball up. He's got eight interceptions. Um, and he will cough the ball up if we can pressure him. But it has been a struggle all year. I mean, well, at least in conference play, all through the conference play. Also, got to win the turnover battle. We lost it last week. We're on the road. We need to win it. Yeah, got to protect the football for sure. Got, yes, we have to protect it and we've got to turn them over. Um, all that to be said, Oklahoma is a seven-point favorite at West Virginia. I am taking Oklahoma to win by 10, 30 to 20. I like it. I like it. I'm picking OU as well. Um, I just don't think West Virginia is very good. Um, and, you know, it's been a bad season for OU, especially given the expectations. But I think you guys have better players. I think, you know, you can scheme up something that can – kind of confuse JT Daniels a little bit and he'll throw the football. He'll be kind of careless with it. You can get some interceptions. Having Billy Bowman back helps your secondary. I think he'll have another turnover. And yeah, I think it'll be um, one of those games that's a little bit tight. You guys will pull away in the second half though. I got you guys winning uh, 31-20. All right. Um, On to the game of the week. I teased it at the outset of this program. I still contend this is the biggest game Texas has been in since the national championship. I can't, if I go back in my brain, I can't, please correct me if I'm wrong. The only thing, I mean, the the big 12 championship against OU in 2018 was pretty big. Uh, I bet that was pretty big. Now it's the biggest game in Austin for sure though. Yeah. Well, so here's your two, here's your two stats. Here's your two stats. Uh, well, you haven't beaten a team. You haven't beaten a top five team at home since 1999. Okay. And I don't even know who that would have been in 99. Who do you think that would have been in 99? Nebraska. Okay. Yep. Um, and then the other one is you're favored by the most points over a top five team since 1978. Okay. Um, it, it's, it's a huge game, man, for several reasons. For several reasons. Well, I think it's a huge recruiting opportunity. Oklahoma's reeling. AM is reeling. If you're able to beat TCU in that environment, whew, that puts some pressure on these other two schools from a recruiting standpoint. 
Yeah, and they've got some dudes who are there who are going to be there. I mean, is is Anthony DJ Hill, is DJ Hicks going? You yo, he's not. I'm hearing he's going to Oregon. Actually, it's really? interesting with him, man. Like, no matter what happens with A and M and everybody else, he just seems to. And things could change, right? But he just seems to not be very interested in in Texas. You know, I think you guys still have a great shot at David Hicks, but I, I heard he's going to be in Oregon for the Oregon Washington game. Um, no, your sideline will be loaded with talent. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. He's going to be there. Five-star linebacker out of Denton Ryan. He um, decommitted from Texas A&M this week, so he's going to be in Austin. Um, just, man, just great players. Some big-time guys coming in. So Deuce Robinson, he's a five-star tight end out of Arizona. More of a USC or Georgia lean right now. But who knows, man? You get him on campus, you play well, anything can happen. So here's here's the matchup as I see it. I've I've kind of I've broke down a bunch of the different stats. Um, the matchup that I see is that Texas is second in the conference in rush defense. TCU is second in the conference in rush offense, with Keandre Miller being the second uh, leading back um, in the conference in terms of yards behind Bijan. So that is good on good right there. Right. Does Texas continue to defend the run well against Texas Christian? I think so, man. Um, their defensive line, which before the season we thought could be a strength, and it really has been, not necessarily from a pass rush standpoint, but from stopping the run, their interior guys, um, Keandre Coburn, a fifth-year senior, Tavondre Sweat, he's a fourth-year guy. These guys have been great all year at stopping the run, and they've been actually been able to penetrate too on pass rushing downs too. So I think they're the difference. So I think they at least slowed down the run game. They're still going to make plays, right? They've got great, they've got a great scheme and they've got some really good players, but I think Texas does do a good job of slowing down their run game. Um, When I was looking that stat up, I checked out where Texas was for rushing in the big 12. Do you know off the top of your head, or would you like to guess where Texas with B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, who I don't care what Keandre Miller's stats are. I think Roshan Johnson, well, I don't know. Eric Gray's having a pretty good year. That might be too bold he of a is. statement. But Roshan Johnson's a heck of a running back. It's it is. Is getting it just Sark is refusing to give touches to, but whatever. That's we've talked about that. Where do you think y'all rank in the conference rushing off? Rushing. Say third? Sixth. You sixth. are sixth. Interesting. 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 It's a travesty. Yeah. If you are a Texas fan and you see that, it's got to drive you freaking crazy, Kevin. Who's above? What's the what's the order? Do you have it? Uh, well, like, well, I can tell you, TCU's ahead of you. I think Texas. Yeah. I think Oklahoma's ahead of you. I'll pull it up real quick. Okay. What else? While I'm pulling that up, what else do we need to look for in this matchup? Well, um, their receiver Quentin Johnston, right? He's been out. He uh, didn't play much in their last game. If he played at all. So I haven't heard if he's going to play or not. I am expecting him to play, and I'm expecting him to play well. I think he's the best receiver in the conference. And I think he's one of the best in the country. I think he's the most talented wide receiver that doesn't play for Ohio State in the entire country. This guy's 6'4", 215. He's got great speed, runs good routes. He can do it all. So um, he'll certainly be the best receiver that Texas has or will face have faced this season. So um, he presents a huge matchup. Also, their scheme, right? Their offense coordinated by Garrett Riley, younger brother of Lincoln, 
Yeah. You've done a great Ooh. job. Listen, they can <laughs> they can hit <laughs> you from a lot of different places, right? They no. got the running game, which is great, and he can scheme guys open from all over the field. Now Garrett Riley, he, Riley was not there under Pat. He came with Dykes, right? He he was not right. there. Yeah, under he Patterson. was at he was at SMU. Yeah, yeah, he was at SMU well, and no, came with uh, with Dykes. I mean, you think about what they've done with Max Duggan, just as an example. Max Duggan was, at best, a mid-tier conference quarterback, right? I mean, he was not. And now you're looking at him being uh, statistically the best quarterback in the Big 12, which nobody would have picked that going in. Nobody would have. I mean, and didn't we talk about him might not even be getting the starting nod? Wasn't he in a quarterback battle? He did not win the job. Yes. He lost it. Yeah, Chandler Morris was named the starter. For the yeah. first game, it wasn't until Chandler Morris got injured in their first game against Colorado. That's when Duggan came in. I, he just look, hasn't looked back. Look, man, we can't. The o, OU fan cannot stand uh, anybody in the Riley family. However, the dudes can scheme up some offense when they when they're when their game is on, and and it all you can see it with what they're doing with Duggan. You got your second leading rusher in the conference, and then you got Quentin Johnson, which Quentin Johnson. Physically would be a stud on any team he plays for, but you put him in an offense like this that is balanced and it makes him a real threat down the field. But real quick, teams that rush better than the University of Texas, Oklahoma is the number one rushing offense, TCU's number two, K-State three, Baylor four, Kansas five, Texas Longhorn six. I gotta tell you, when I pulled that all those other schools, though, here's the thing. I think all those other schools have an element of quarterback run. Dylan Gabriel runs the ball. Okay. Adrian Martinez I, runs the ball. Hey, look. None of that matters. Fine. Run Bijan. Doesn't matter. Run Bijan. Got Bijan. Run number five. And run and run Roshan. Like it's just he is about to be unleashed. We saw him unleashed against Kansas State this past week. And he's about to be unleashed on TCU. Look this year. He had 30 carries. He had 30 carries against. Kansas State for 209 yards. We're going to see more of the same on the, Saturday. The other matchup is um, less statistically quantifiable. Okay. But the other matchup in this game is the second half woes of Texas versus the second half prowess of Texas Christian. And it's going to be fascinating to see. If that same pattern holds, does Texas run out to a big lead? And by big lead, I mean as much as 14, 17 points in the first half. And then do they allow Texas Christian to make a comeback as Texas has let happen and TCU has done, right? This isn't just a Texas phenomenon now, right? You're dealing with a Texas trend coupled with a TCU trend. And it really emphasizes the need for Texas to get off to a very good start. And then once they get off to that really good start, this might be pretty blasphemous coming out of my mouth, but they need to run the ball after that, Kevin. They they have to, right? I mean, like you said, this is what these two teams do. Texas, I think, leads the conference in first half scoring. DCU leads the conference in second half scoring. So if if they're going to do this, if they're going to play the same story like they have so many times since Sark has been the head coach, man, they better get off to a, a three, four touchdown lead because okay. the TCU offense can score and they can score quickly. TCU 
TCU's 9-0. Is this the best team that they have played? Is Texas the best team TCU has played? I think so because this- – Including – let me tell you what that includes. That includes a win against, at the time, 18th-ranked Oklahoma. At the time, 19th-ranked Kansas. At the time, 8th-ranked – yeah, 8th-ranked Oklahoma State. 17th-ranked Kansas State. So that is one, two, three, four ranked teams in a row – and then West Virginia and Texas Tech. Do you think this is still their toughest test because of where it's happening? I do. I think because it's in Austin and because Texas has really because they have B. John Robinson in their running game. No, Nobody else in the conference can, can match that. But again, man, the TCU offense, I've watched all the OU games so far this year, right? And we know that they, OU struggled on defense, right? Mightily, mightily. But I will say this. This is the only time this season where I saw guys running down the field wide open. Yeah. That TCU game. I mean, there are plays where there are guys without guys running without anybody within 15 yards of them. Right. And that's the ability that they have with their team and with their players. And they've got speed everywhere. And you've talked about it now for about three weeks that Texas is having trouble in the middle of the field. And if you can see that, you know, Garrett Riley can see that. And if they start doing some schemes to take advantage of that those matchups, I don't. I, to me, it's a fascinating matchup. I don't. I'm very, I'm still surprised that Texas is seven points. I mean, you are a three loss team. This is a nine loss team. Um, it is on the. It is at home, so I believe that gets you a three point bump. So maybe it's a four point loss. If, if this was on a neutral site in, I don't know, even in Dallas, you know, because. TCU doesn't travel all that well. If this was a neutral site in Dallas, do you think it's a four-point favorite for Texas, or do you think we're getting closer to a pick I think maybe three points. Yeah. Getting close to a pick at that point. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, right? We talked about the FPI, and I don't know about all these analytic stuff, but a 73% chance on their matchup predictor. It's for Texas crazy. to win? For Texas, for- yeah. For Texas to win the game. So Vegas – Man, I don't know. You know, it's it's tough because there's some things that I've seen that are very concerning. And you talked about that middle of the field deal, right? Exploring yeah. the middle of the field against Texas. The difference between TCU and the rest of those teams, right? If a TCU guy gets the ball over the middle, he can take it to the house. Yeah. It's Quentin Johnston, um, Kendra Miller, they use him out of the backfield well, too. Mm-hmm. And um, also Tay Barber, the slot guy who could take it to the house too. So they've got some really explosive guys. So I don't know what the game plan is going to be for them defensively, but they're going to have to make sure that they're gang tackling because you miss one tackle and it's off to the races for these guys. Okay. What's your pick? You are the, you are favored, favored by seven. Who are you picking? I'm picking TCU to cover, but I am picking, picking Texas to win the game. Um, you have given me no opportunity to catch you in the picks because I too am picking TCU to cover and win. I think TCU wins in the second half. I think it is a shootout. I think both teams, I think Quinn Ewers gets back to having a very good game. He hasn't had a good last couple, you know, he hasn't had a great last couple games, 
I think Quinn gets back on track. I think Bijan does have a good game, but I think TCU's offense carries the day against Texas. I think TCU wins the game 42-32. What's okay. the over what's the over under on this game? Do you know? I'll look it up. Uh, I got yeah, it right here. Yeah, let me pull it up. Yeah. No, I got it right here. I got it right here. I got it right here. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Over under 65. Oh yeah, I'm dude. I'd take the over in a heartbeat. I I would yeah, take I've over got, all day. I've got forty one thirty seven Texas. That's over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Forty one. Yeah. I, I think this is. A, I think it's a high scoring, old school Big Twelve. Put a lot of points on the board by the second half. It's um, it's going back and forth, but I think Texas Christian just has a little bit more on offense, especially on the outside, which is really hard to say. You know, it's funny we do a whole preview and we don't hardly mention Xavier Worthy. I mean, let that sink in. That's what that's what Quinn has that's yeah. what Quinn has effectively relegated Xavier Worthy to is he doesn't get mentioned until the 49th minute of the Boomer Bebo podcast. Well, here, here's the thing with him though he he seems to struggle tracking the ball. There've been some plays where the ball's thrown up and his head's turned one way, the ball's coming the other way, and vice versa. So I, I don't know why those guys are out of sync. It's kind of like we talked about earlier with Dylan Gabriel, Marvin Mims. I'm hoping that they get that corrected because they're going to need to hit some shots. Um, down the field to win this game because eventually, at some point, may not be to the second half. They're going to adjust. They're going to start loading the box. Stop Bijan. You got to hit big plays, man. In the it's game. weird. It's weird that you say that the, the track and the ball. I think against Oklahoma State, um, the wind had a lot to do with it. I you know I yeah. you know, I know we're going back about three weeks, but if everybody can remember, that game was like crazy windy. Um, but I just think about Xavier Worthy and the way he tracked that ball against Alabama. I mean, my goodness, that guy knew made the right move on the ball every time he had a chance at it. So it's just that. So well. I mean, it fell right into his. Yeah. It fell right into his arms, too, man. Uh, all right. So we've got John and Kevin both have Oklahoma. They both have TCU. We both have Lane Kiffin. Um, the slate of games for the country is not as good as it's been the last couple, three weeks, but the slate of games for the BBP especially the University of Texas, is as good as it gets. Good luck, Kevin. Enjoy the games. I will be in the great state of Texas myself at soccer tournaments. I'll be list- I'll be able to watch them all, though. I'll be able to watch both the Oklahoma game and the Texas game. Hopefully we have better press coverage. Um, I would expect it for the late-night game. I don't know about Fox Sports 1. It remains to be it's seen. It's ABC, I- man, so it should be Herbie and uh, oh, Chris Fowler. It's just, well, second-best, second-best – Broadcast football, right? Okay, yeah. See, we the the Boomer Bevo podcast can agree that Gus Johnson and Joel Cloud are the best. Uh, hey, man, have a great weekend. Enjoy the um, football, and we'll talk Sunday to recap it all. Boomer, welcome. Okay.